2: it is the JR Sport Brief Show here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks to everybody listening and locked in all over North America. I'm here to have a good time, man. We've been hanging out for two hours. I feel like I just I just sat down. Man, two more hours to go. I get started every weeknight, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific. It's the new time for the JR Sport Brief Show. I love it. I got no complaints. Super producer and host Ryan Hickey is holding it down. He's in New York City. I don't know where you're at, but I'm happy that you're here. There is no show without you. I'll say this. Thank you. We've had a busy two hours so far. First of all, we had a guest join us earlier on in the show. Thank you to J.P. Shadrick. He's the top Jaguars reporter, senior reporter, if I want to share with you his fancy title for the Jacksonville Jaguars as they are trying to get into the postseason with a win against the Tennessee Titans. Talked about Tyreek Hill. Uh, Unfortunately, today we found out the reason for his house fire yesterday. He had a child. We don't know how old the child is. It don't matter. There was a child who had a lighter. Come on now. That's that's terrible talked about that right before we went to break we discussed the brooklyn nets they were fined one hundred thousand dollars let me correct myself the brooklyn nets were fined only one hundred thousand dollars for resting four of their starters in a home game against the milwaukee bucks last week december 27th i guess they decided hey it's the holidays and and we got our fans in brooklyn who spent their hard-earned money to take their kids to the game to see, I don't know, Mikhail Bridges. I know it's, it's not LeBron James, but nah, who cares? Mikhail can play five minutes and then we can sit him down. He's pretty much the only dude who started. Pretty terrible. The NBA said $100,000 fine, and uh, Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, the man is worth $7.5 billion. I don't think he cares. We talked about some of the potential changes coming to college football. Charlie Baker, the new president of the NCAA, is trying to move forward in a world where the college athletes get paid directly from the schools. Pretty cool. I'm in favor of that. And if you a school ain't got no money, then too bad. I-, I-, I talked about it last night, how much I hate the blowouts. Uh, maybe we'll see more of these uh, biblical studies games. Not really. What was the score there? Grambling beat them 100 to I know it was a, a what a 141 point difference. I think it was. 159. Damn, sounds even worse every time I see it. 159 to 18. Grambling beat biblical studies. Oh, Maybe that's what some of the schools are afraid of. And that was a basketball game. As we continue on here with the show. We have more to do. We talked about the Brooklyn Nets. They are one loser team. I don't want to say we're going to get into another one, but currently the Los Angeles Lakers are also a loser team. Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to join us next hour as we have started to hear rumors about Darvin Ham and whether or not the players have lost confidence in him. I do want to talk to you about some additional, uh, let's just say, uh, potential changes in the coaching world. Eric Bieniemy potentially moving on from Washington. Eric Bieniemy might have a job in front of him when Washington goes into the toilet. It's a possibility. We're going to get into it. The NFL Players Association, they decided to release a list of the top coordinators in the NFL. Offense, defense, and everybody's favorite, special teams. I'll explain why and what the hell is going on. Uh, the Dolphins. I know that they got their issues, or at least Tyreek Hill has the issues with his home. The Dolphins got something to figure out with Tua Tonga Valoa. We'll get into that. This upcoming game on Sunday isn't just for playoff implications. Tua could also potentially—not potentially. This man is playing for his next contract. We'll get into it. I want to talk to you about J.J. McCarthy. We'll do that momentarily. Yeah, the quarterback for Michigan opening up his yap about cheating. He should be focusing in on Washington. He's answering questions about cheating scandals. But I got to get this out the way. We talked about this. I mentioned it last break. And as we are on the subject of the NBA, so long and farewell to Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is gone. He's done. He is retiring. Ricky Rubio uh, posted a message today on social media letting everybody know that his NBA career is finished. He is leaving to focus in on his mental health. He went on to X, still weird to say this, formerly known as Twitter, and he wrote a long-ass message that I will not read here. He did say he's leaving to focus in on his mental health, that he's doing much better, he's getting better every day, but that his NBA career is has come to an end last time you saw ricky rubio playing basketball it was for the cleveland cavaliers it's crazy to think that ricky rubio is 33 years old the man turned professional turned pro in spain at 14. he was on the spanish national team at 17. he was playing against the united states of america in 2008 he was in the nba in 2011 and the Wolves drafted him in 2009. This is crazy. He's gone through multiple ACL tears and injuries, and, and, and now he's done. And it was only, like I said, in 2009, he was selected number five by the Wolves. I think they selected Johnny Flynn out of Syracuse not too long after him, maybe before. Ricky Rubio sat down on ESPN. I think this is, yeah, this is Mark Jones. And Mark Jones basically said, hey, Ricky. You're a baby. You're coming from Spain. Like, what can we look forward to? Listen to young Ricky Rubio. Which NBA player do you think you play like?
1: I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. But I feel like Steve Nash, but it's too high for me, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know Steve Nash. He was too high for you. I, I love the first part of his answer, but he, he still threw out a name, Ricky. But that's what happens when you're a kid. And now he's done. I can't believe Ricky Rubio's been in the public space for 20 years. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like Ricky Rubio is just uh, he, obviously he didn't live up to the hype people were saying that. Oh my God, he's coming over here. He's gonna be the Spanish version of I don't I don't know not not Steve Nash, just just whipping the ball around. And I feel like we didn't really see him. He played for the Wolves, the Jazz, the Suns, the Cavs. And how about this? Here's a nice stat. He has 5,100 assists. Third most ever by an international player. Behind? Only Steve Nash and Tony Parker. To me, I feel like Ricky Rubio didn't do squat diddly. Hey, Ryan, am I alone in feeling that? I feel like Ricky Rubio is just like, eh. He came, it, it was. I feel like there was zero impact,
1: none. Unfortunately, right. I mean, anytime he kind of got going, the injury bug, like you mentioned, just kind of got him and knocked his season out. So that's, I mean, it
2: stinks, but you're 100% right. Yeah. Good on him having an amazing career. Well, I, I can't even say amazing career, but 20 years? He's been playing basketball professionally since he was 14 years old. So kudos to him on that. And I'm sure the injuries have caught up to him. He hasn't disclosed what his uh, his issues have been as it relates to his mental health. But he says he's he's in a better space and sooner than later, he hopes to share that with the world to help other people. So good on you, Ricky Rubio. No longer in the NBA. Uh, We ain't see you play too often uh, anyway, but good luck. And that that question about Steve Nash, I, I guess not too bad. Third all-time in assists for an international player. You're on a list with Steve Nash and Tony Parker, a Canadian, a Frenchman, and a Spaniard. Not too bad. You shouldn't have mentioned Steve in the first place. Anyway, speaking of things that should not have been mentioned, we're going to talk about this a whole lot tomorrow because it's Friday, right? NFL games on Saturday, NFL games on Sunday, college national championship on Monday, Houston, Texas, NRG Stadium. Man, I hate going out to that place. Not Houston. I love Houston. I hate going out to NRG. Uh, It's not too far. You got to take the tram. It's not like going out to to Jerry's world. But anyway, we're going to have Washington taking on Michigan. Michael Penix, Jr., J.J. J. McCarthy, who's going to, you know, help build up their NFL draft status, their NFL draft stock, who is going to kind of vault themselves into the upper echelon? Who's going to walk away with the national championship? I mean, we talked about Harbaugh earlier this week. Is he going to bail, win, lose? We will find out. The quarterbacks are the story, too, right? You got J.J. J. McCarthy. If he lights it up on Monday night his draft stock is going to rise. It may not be in the place of a a May or a Daniel. It may not be in the case or space of a Williams. But people might look at him and go, oh, yeah, yeah, right now he's a skinny dude that needs to bulk up, but we'll, we'll take him. I mean, in the case of Michael Penix Jr., I mean, if he decides to go out there and light it up, and if he can go through the combine, if he can run through the underwear Olympics and sit in a room and they say his knees are good, he might be vaulted in the NFL draft. So there's some huge implications here, not just for the game, not just for the teams, the schools, but for these two individuals, J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. Now, having said that, you do a lot of media on the lead up to these big games, right? I mean, we got the Super Bowl coming next month. There's going to be an entire radio row or media row, whatever the hell they call it now. And it's all to drum up interest. Get everybody all hyped up. Well, damn it, they're doing the same exact thing for the national championship this Monday night. And so J.J. McCarthy spoke to the media yesterday, and he was asked during a conference call about the possibility of the NCAA saying, Hey, Michigan, your coach, he, he got suspended twice. One time for recruiting, another time for sign stealing. How would you, J.J., feel if your wins and maybe potentially your championship was vacated? Well, J.J. McCarthy, I don't know if there was a media person standing around. J.J. McCarthy didn't say, I'm not worried about that. I'm focusing on actually playing and winning the game. He said, at the end of the day, It's not going to change the amount of accomplishment and the amount of pride for being on this football team and just everything we accomplished, because we know what we put in. We know the work that we've put in, and we know that we did things the right way as players. Jim Harbaugh didn't want to answer the question. He said, I'm not living in Rumorville or speculation because he's been through here before. But J.J. McCarthy, he continued on. You should have stopped. He said, it's just a thing about football. It's been around for years. We actually had to adapt in 2020 or 2019 when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal. And they were doing it. We had to get up to the level that they were at. And we had to make it an even playing field. He put his foot in his mouth. He made it sound like, oh, yeah, 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 we were cheating. So much so. That he had to double back after and say, oh, when I said we needed a level playing field, I meant in terms of how we change our own signs, how we develop our signs and how we distribute those changes when we know signs are likely to have been stolen. Come on, man. This is why you don't say anything. Hey, man, how do you feel about the sign stealing scandal And if they take away your wins? I'm not thinking about that. All I'm thinking about is winning the national championship. So if they decide to take away your wins and and they say that Michigan is a bunch of cheaters, how would that make you feel? I have no thoughts or feelings on that. I'm preparing to win the national championship. How difficult is that? I get it. J.J. McCarthy is not no seasoned media professional. He's come on. Have we not seen or heard Bill Belichick? And I get it. He's a seasoned as seasoned as season can be. He's probably well done at this stage of life. But the fact is, Bill Belichick gets asked, especially this year, it seems like weekly, about his own job status. His answers, cut and dry, on to Kansas City, on to the New York Jets. Hey, Bill, you, you going to get fired at the end of this year? On to the New York Jets. Hey, Bill, what about Spygate? On to the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, Bill Belichick doesn't give you anything. Like, nobody's forcing you to answer these questions. And so do I think this is a, a major deal for J.J. McCarthy? No, I don't think so. Is it something in the back of his head? Eh, maybe, probably not. I don't think so. But it's, it's not the answer that you should have given. And, and this is something that we also know. Come on now, folks. Let's be real. Everybody cheats, right? If somebody listening to me right now doing something they got no business doing, I will let you fill in the blanks. And if you feel guilty for what you're doing, that's your problem, not mine. But in the world of sports, everybody's always trying to get a leg up. There was a team out of Texas, now towards the Gulf. They were banging on garbage cans, right? They got punished. There was a team, and I mentioned this with Bill Belichick. Are they deflating balls? Are they, uh, you know, uh, spying on teams? That's that's Belichick and the Patriots. There are people will call them cheaters forever. I mean, you got teams, the throwing game. And, and talk about the black, black Sox scandal. We can go through the list of cheaters, and not just teams. There, there's, there's players who've been looking to get ahead. There's There's referees who've been looking to get ahead. Cheating is a part of life. Human beings are always looking for the next leg up. That's just part of it. And so are we to think that J.J. McCarthy says 80% of teams cheat? Not 80%, man. Everybody cheats. It's just that Michigan had a guy standing around going to games when he wasn't supposed to, and he's out here scouting and deciphering signals. That is blatantly cheating. I mean, there's a photo of the guy, what's what's his name, Scallions? There's a photo of this dude standing around on a sideline with a mustache and a hat. Like he went shopping at the Halloween store for 99 cents. He just found the last second uh, mask before Halloween. And this is worse than, than Ryan, you remember when, I don't even know how long ago this was. got to be 15, 20 years. Remember when Bobby Valentine got thrown out of that game? And he came back and sat in the dugout with a mustache, a hat, and glasses. Do you remember that image? Of course.
1: All time.
2: <laughs> like, how, how stupid. Well, not stupid. I like Bobby Valentine. He's been here on the show. But how, how silly. Watch my words. I like Bobby. How silly do you got to be? Like, come on. Sometimes when you do wrong, you got to take it on the chin and keep it moving. But I will tell you this. I've thought about it. And I haven't wanted to just really drive into it, but I'll say it now since it's a topic of conversation. There is a reality that years from now, this national championship, if Michigan wins, there is a reality because this is the NCAA. This ain't me. Don't don't get me the messenger. There's a reality that this might get looked upon and go, nah, championship doesn't count vacated we might be looking at a usc situation here we might be looking at a world and i don't know if it's three years five years seven i don't know where the ncaa says michigan is not national champs because jim harbaugh allowed a cheating scandal to take place it was not fair to michigan we got to take away the championship because how he got some of his recruits he did it illegally he, in a period where he wasn't supposed to do it, it might happen. The NCAA is ridiculous. I don't agree with it. I think Michigan, all things considered, if they are to win the national championship, they're very well deserving because they just win it. I don't think every single week that they're, they're still winning over these past couple of weeks and beating Ohio State and, and beating Alabama because they're cheating or stealing signs in a way that they're not supposed to. Everybody's stealing signs. Everybody. Michigan just got caught, and I think the way that they're winning and they continue to win, I think they would be legitimate champs, but there still is the possibility that they win on Monday night and we blink a year, two years, three years down the line, and you get a news flash that says championship invalidated. That would be a very NCAA thing to do. Hey, J.J. McCarthy, man, close that door, shut it, don't bother with it, leave it alone. It's probably in your best interest. Anyway, here's some news for you. You can stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. 855-212-4CBS is the number. That's 855-212-4CBS. If you got thoughts on Michigan, do you think there's any way in hell that a few years in time that this championship, if they win, might be invalidated? Is that a, is that a realistic concern? If you have any thoughts, call me up, 855-212-4CBS. When we come back from break, I also want to talk to you about someone who's trying to validate himself into a brand new contract he's going to be playing sunday night sunday night football you're listening to the jr sport brief show on cbs sports radio you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever
0: or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. It's the JR Sport Brief show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Right before we went to break, I told you about J.J. McCarthy getting ready to play in the national championship game in Houston, Texas, Michigan versus Washington, and JJ McCarthy got—I don't want to say—suckered into a question uh, about the cheating scandal that Michigan has been in over the past several months. But he did. He was asked about the wins potentially being vacated and whatnot, and he talked about how proud the guys are and and what have you. And it's just like, oh man, you should have just should have just jumped over that question. Should have been a publicist or media pro, someone in PR to tap him on the shoulder and say, I, I, "I don't, don't, don't answer that one." I don't think we'll see major implications when he steps out onto the field. He's going to be thinking about those Michigan defenders trying to take his head off. And so I I think he's okay in that regard. Good luck to J.J. McCarthy. Both he and and Penix Jr. have an opportunity to boost their draft stock in the national championship. And, and Hickey, we talked about this in the first show, I guess, two days ago. What, What show is this? Is this show number three? Show number three, right? Show three. Show three. We discussed this. What time do you think the national championship is going to end? East Coast time. What time do you think they're going to be finished? I will say 11.49 p.m. Eastern. Are you kidding me? You think it's going to end at at like midnight? Yes. Why are you being so, I don't want to say generous, but. You're taking the over. I'm going past midnight, man. Oh. Yeah, You don't think so? 12 past 1230? 20? I don't know about 1230. But I, I think it's going to end past midnight. Like, we, we can't have these games and, and get it in a reasonable time. Like, it's listed at 730 Eastern, right? Mm-hmm. So when is the actual kickoff? Well, that's fair. Um, 750? If we should be lucky, I don't know. That's a, yeah, I that's, hope it's not past eight. Oh. That's an odd start time, anyway. Like seven, seven thirty. Like, isn't it typically? I don't. I feel like this was the same thing last year. Isn't it a little bit normal to start a little bit after five Pacific, after eight Eastern? That make a little bit more sense. Yes, but maybe because they know college football games go longer than anything. <laughs> That you want to end it before the uh, the calendar turns and you want to make sure okay. that people are awake for the end? Ah, oh, so they thought about that for the national championship, but not on uh, this past Monday. They had to cram two games into one day. That's right. Okay. All right. Makes sense. It's college. Yes, something that I, I guess I, I can't call them educators, but people making millions of dollars to make decisions. This is what they came up with. And so I will, uh, I will happily uh, go along with it. That's... That's one thing that does bother me, though, start times. I don't know. I don't want to sound like no cranky old man because, A, I'm not, I'm not old. I don't consider myself to be cranky. Some people might disagree, probably. But the fact is, do, do we got to have all these games starting late? I mean, even yesterday, and I understand that primetime, there's a massive viewing audience. Like the NBA and, and ESPN are now testing out an actual live broadcast, a national broadcast. On ABC, while we were here on air, and then when I stepped out, the New York Knicks were hosting the Chicago Bulls, two of the largest cities in the country, two of the largest cities on this side of earth, and particularly in basketball. And they had a game that started, I believe, at like 840, 845. My brother went yesterday. I think it started at 845. I'm like, damn, yeah, there's a lot of uh, drunk adults at this game Going to a basketball game, walking into Madison Square Garden at 8:45, I wouldn't want to do so unless the New York Knicks were in the NBA finals. And that is something that I don't I don't think is is going to happen. That's something that has not happened since, I don't know, 1999 season and they got smashed by the and that wasn't necessarily worth it. Anyway, start the games earlier. I like early baseball games, early football games. At nighttime, nah, I'm trying to eat and go to sleep. Take my medicine and go to bed, put on some slippers, smoke a pipe, all that other stuff that people do before they go to bed. Anyway, it's the JR Sport Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio, 855 212 cbs That's 855 212 When we come back on the other side of the break, I want to talk to you about the NFL, the Players Association. They put out a nice list of their top coordinators. I want to talk to you about Eric Biennemi. I want to get into Tua Valois' contract with you. Uh, Top of the hour, we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Might they fire Darvin Ham? We'll talk to Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. We have so much more to do. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, I love sunshine. I do. I also don't mind the rain. We need a combination. Life is about balance, right? You need the rain, you need the sun, you need some dirt. You need all that to grow some stuff. Anyway, this portion of the show is sponsored by the new Hyundai Tucson. Available with complimentary class-leading Blue Link Plus. Now it's easy to use your phone to control your Tucson. 855 212 4 CBS. That's 855 212 4 cbs I, I want to get this out the way. And then we'll get into Tuatonga to below at the top of the hour. We'll talk uh, talk some Lakers. I found it I found it interesting today that the NFL Players Association decided to release a list of the top coordinators as voted on by the players. I mean, typically we know and understand this. You learn who the coordinators are when they get hired or they get fired. The typical fan is not thinking around going, oh, man, I love the offensive coordinator for the, I don't know, the Houston Texans. Most general fans would have no idea who the hell it is. The only time the fan base knows is when the team stinks or the offensive coordinator is being praised or that they need to get fired, and that's typical of most coaches. Coaches get hired to ultimately be fired to get the boot. And so this is, it's its nice that these things are now publicized. Last year, there's a nice talking point, the NFL Players Association, they put some some pressure on the owners in the league by releasing a, a list of the best facilities, what teams have the best practice facilities. And some of these facilities are absolutely Amazing. I've been fortunate enough to go to some of them and you just you're in awe at how great some of the facilities are. And I've also been to some college facilities. You go to Ohio State. I got to be honest, some of their facilities are better than some in the NFL. The NFL players will tell you this. And so from, you know, what teams have the best food to the worst food. It's great for the public to know this and good for the Players Association. kind of shaming the league and the owners into doing better and so today we got some news from the pa about the best coordinators in the league not the best head coaches but who are some of the next individuals quote unquote on the way up and so the players association divided this into three categories offense defense special teams those are the coordinators Nobody really thinks about the special teams coordinator. You maybe know him for standing around, but nobody really talks about him. And then you have the defensive coordinator. So here, here's the list, which is pretty interesting. As a lot of fans may not, not go, these are familiar names because a lot of these dudes have been head coaches. The top five defensive coordinators in the NFL, as voted on by the players, is as follows. At number one, Aaron Glenn Of the Detroit Lions. Steve Wilkes. Of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, He had a cup of coffee opportunity chance. With the Panthers. Dan Quinn of the Dallas Cowboys. We know that he took a team to the Super Bowl. With the Falcons. Didn't work out. Brian Flores. Minnesota Vikings. Mm Mhm. Yeah. People respect Brian Flores. Don't matter if he's suing a league. Raheem Morris. Los Angeles Rams. All of these dudes, except for Mr. Glenn, have had an opportunity to go out there and coach a team. And in the case of Aaron Glenn, man, I remember watching Aaron Glenn play cornerback for the New York Jets. And now he's a gray beard helping Dan Campbell coach the Lions. Dan Campbell is surrounded by players. It's a pretty cool thing to see. Now, Aaron Glenn was actually asked, and, and we saw that disaster against the Dallas Cowboys this past Saturday. He didn't know who was in the game, out the game, who reported as an eligible receiver. We, we saw all of that. And now that the year is coming to an end, you listen to Aaron Glenn. You tell me whether or not he sounds like somebody who can be a future head coach. Tough loss. Um, one of those things that, uh, that happened is Lee. um The one thing that we do a really good job of as a uh, as a team, as an organization, uh, we move on quickly and we go to the next task at hand. And um, and our next task at hand is Minnesota. All right. So all hands on deck. Um, Our
1: guys are looking forward to the challenge. We as coaches look forward to the challenge. Um, We'll be ready to go.
2: Okay, All right. Sounds like a coach to me. Didn't say a whole lot of nothing. But he was very firm, didn't stutter, didn't stammer, didn't sound like Nick Sirianni. That's a plus. I think Aaron Glenn is going to get a job one day. I really do. I mean, he's been around the league as a player. He has the respect of the players. And I think there's a reason throughout every player in the NFL that they voted him as number one, the top defensive coordinator in the entire league. And then if we got to think about the offense, the top offensive coordinators, Frank Smith of the Miami Dolphins, he certainly has a lot of weapons to work with. And this is at times how you can uh you know, not necessarily look at a team's record. Thomas Brown of the Carolina Panthers is number two. Brian Schottenheimer, someone who's also been around the block, the Dallas Cowboys at number three. And I guess that's why Jerry Jones keeps these dudes around. Between Dan Quinn and Brian Schottenheimer, he can keep the pressure on Mike McCarthy threatening them. If something goes wrong, I got your replacement right as Callahan of the Cincinnati Bengals at number four. And Kellen Moore, what a shock, right? Former quarterback, former cowboy, former coordinator. He's now with the Chargers. He's at number five. And so the NFL Players Association and J.C. Trotter—they made it very clear: we only wanted to highlight the top five coordinators in each category. We didn't want to do a full. We want to highlight the bottom five. We wanted to share some positivity. To not put a flashlight on the coordinators who players find to be complete trash. And at that point, I find that to be, I guess, admirable to not do that. A name that actually is missing here, not as a top coordinator. And how about this? Someone who's been eligible for a job for the past several seasons. Plenty of interviews. Never a gig. Eric B. Enemy. We know about his time with the Kansas City Chiefs helping to run the offense. We know about his time now with Washington. Washington stinks. They're 4-12. and They have no quarterback. Ron Rivera is going to get the boot the minute the season ends. And Eric Bieniemy is going to be thinking about his next stop and his next job. Well, let me tell you this. It's been reported that if the Falcons get rid of Arthur Smith, that Eric Biennami would be a candidate to take over as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Damn it. If that happened, I don't think people here in Atlanta would be upset. It would just be a matter of wow, Eric Biennami finally got his job, and it would be with the Falcons. Now, we got to see what happens. The Falcons, man, Arthur Smith. Well, we talked about this with Randy McMichael yesterday. He is on a thin wire. He's on a thin line right now. The fan base is already ready to get him out and carry him out of town. Falcons have all of these offensive weapons and, and the pits of the world and the Londons. They draft Bishon Robinson. None of these dudes get used the way that you would think they would. And they got one game to finish out the season against the Saints. Falcons stink, man. Guaranteed to finish the year with a losing record. Arthur Smith the past couple of seasons has just been seven and ten. And a matter of fact, last night we had on Randy McMichael, former Dolphin, NFL veteran, eleven years, also midday host on ninety-two nine the game in Atlanta. I asked Randy specifically about this and what the hell is going on with, with Atlanta and should Arthur Smith get the boot? And this is what Randy said. I don't know where this Arthur Smith thing is going. If you read reports, he's safe. If you read reports, he's fired. I said this Monday on our show in Atlanta, I mean Tuesday in Atlanta, I said if they don't win the NFC South, which they got to beat New Orleans this weekend and Tampa has to lose to Carolina, he needs to be let go. But because of the fact that these are must-win games, you go get blasted in Chicago like that, your team looks unprepared. I don't know how Arthur Blake is going to do this. I know how the listeners and how the Falcons fans feel. It's going to be a hard pill to swallow, and it's going to be hard for you for these fans here in Atlanta to kind of like see the vision if Arthur Smith is back. I'm just saying, I don't know what's going to happen. I would not be surprised if Arthur Smith is back because of the patience of Arthur Blank, but I mean, it's going to tick some people off, but if they get the quarterback right, they got enough talent to make some noise. Yeah, I mean, Arthur Smith didn't necessarily even want to get rid of Dan Quinn and help take him to a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know if the same affinity is there for Arthur Smith Arthur Smith hasn't necessarily connected with the fan base at all. He seems kind of of separate. He's just a football, football guy. Uh, I don't don't think he's long. I know the Falcons are going to take on the Saints. They're going to be down in the Superdome. Superdome is going to be absolutely nuts and wild. It's one of my favorite places to watch a game. It's like an entire party all the way through. I think Arthur Smith is done. And I wouldn't be mad if Eric Biennami took over. I think the fan base would actually appreciate him. And then he would have to show, hey, man, you got all these toys and all these weapons, the Bijan's of the world. Do something with them, man. Have the guy run the ball, not go out there and be a blocker. We'll find out sooner than later whether or not Arthur Smith keeps his job. And then we'll find out sooner than later whether or not Eric Biennami gets his first chance to be a head coach with the Atlanta Falcons. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Not all rumors come true. Let's go ahead and talk to Lewis. Lewis is calling from Boston. You're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Lewis?
1: Yeah, man. You're one of the best sports broadcasts I ever ever heard. I'll be 71 years old uh, January 9th, man. And and I've been listening to a lot. Of, I love sports, man. I, I listen to every. I watch every sports, but maybe golf only once in a while when Tiger Ty, was playing. But uh, you're doing a fantastic job, man. I'm proud of you, brother.
2: Well, thank you, Lewis. I appreciate it. How are you? A new year treating you good so far?
1: Hey, so far, so good.
2: Good. Well, you yeah, call me up any time. Do you have anything
1: else that you'd like to say? I'm trying to figure out what station are you on. What What are the numbers, the digits there?
2: Well, it's a it's a national show, so the digits vary city to city. Unless okay. you go unless you go online, it's very easy. You can listen on the free Odyssey app. Okay.
1: What well, CBS I'm a, I'm legally blind, so uh, have okay. to have one of my daughters find out for me what station it is.
2: Do you have you got one of them stupid talking? Uh, you got like Alexa or something like that? Yeah, I got a Siri. Oh, you ask. This is listen to listen to me. Very simple, Louis. Okay. You ask Siri to play CBS Sports Radio. That's simple.
1: Oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. That's simple, Lewis. Hey, I appreciate you, man. No no problem. You take care. How's your New Year's going so far?
2: What's today, the 4th? Yes. Oh, man. All all I'm thinking about is my bills, and I don't want to do that. So it's going okay, okay?
1: Yeah, all right. That's good. That's a good thing. All right, brother, you take care, man, and... Like I said, man, you're doing a fantastic job.
2: I appreciate you, Lewis. Happy New Year! You call me anytime, okay? All right, same to you. All right, thank you so much. Did he say it's a good thing that I have bills? No, it's not. I wish I could make every one of my bills disappear. Hey, Ryan Hickey, what happens if I don't pay my bills? Do I? I don't go to jail, do I? Uh you might, you know, for not like those paying my build bills up long enough. All I got to pay is the government, right? That's it. I think, right? Well, I guess if you don't pay rent, they kick you out. So you're not going to go to jail, but you won't have a place to stay. Yeah. So, like, you're telling me, if I'm taking your advice, uh, just just pay rent and then pay pay the IRS. I'm good after that. <sighs> I mean, don't, It sounds good to me. Yeah. And everything else is flexible. Yeah, debate. Yeah, debatable. They're not going to repossess. I don't buy clothes, but. Um. I think you don't have bills for clothes, do you? No, right? No. Bills oh, for cars? A oh, Repo man coming to your house would not be very good, though. They
0: yeah, don't repo. mess around.
2: No, no, no. Listen, in the, in the other shift, the repo, did you ever hear the repo man call me up? Oh, no. Oh, my God. There's a repo. Oh, he listens. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> oh, he's wow. from Detroit. He's a repo man. Uh, he would call up, and he would be repossessing cars and calling me. Yes, he would. That I is. Think- that's pretty cool. What's cool, being a repo man? No, no, him calling you as the, like, that's cool that a repo man's calling you. Oh, there are a lot. I'm not tough enough to be a repo man. Hey, listen, at the, he, somebody shot at him. At that time not of surprising. night. Not surprising. In my old shift, lots of repo men listen to the show. People going to sleep, cars on the sidewalk in the driveway. Perfect time to repossess those cars. Say hey, shout outs to the repo men. Not really. We hate your guts. But go get your money. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here on CBS Sports Radio. We're going to take a break. Speaking of coaches, Darvin Ham might be on the hot seat. We're going to talk to someone who might know exactly what's going on here on CBS Sports Radio. Don't move. Okay, picture this. It's Friday
0: afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.